Welcome to The Light Within, a podcast for anyone seeking to rewrite their life, live in their light, and align with their soul's highest purpose. I'm Leslie Draffin. I'm a journalist and menstrual cycle coach, and I'm obsessed with all things spirituality, sexuality, wellness, empowerment, and mysticism. Join me as I interview coaches, teachers, healers, and thought leaders from all around the globe about all the ways we can feel more tuned in, turned on, and lit up AF. If you're on a journey toward self-discovery, you've come to the right place. This is The Light Within. Hello, beautiful beings. Ah, it has been so long since I have said that. Wow. This summer break really just turned into a full summer vacation from the podcast. So I am so excited to be back and I am so excited to have you back here listening as well. So much has happened for me in the last couple of weeks, couple of months. I'll be talking about that over the next few episodes, but suffice it to say, I have taken a break to work on my own mental health, to move through some PTSD, some anxiety, some depression, some trauma. I've had some really sad things happen, and I'm back. I am working on myself, and today's episode is perfect for me. It's perfect for anyone out there listening who wants to learn how to thrive through trauma. I am so excited to have on today again, my good friend, Alyssa Lilly. Now they were on the podcast early. I think they were on episode four. Since then, they have gone through an entire transformation themselves. We are talking today about how Alyssa transitioned to being non-binary, how it has impacted their coaching practice, ways that we can all work to overcome trauma, how trauma pops up. Alyssa also gives us some self healing techniques. And we just kind of, you know, chat all about the traumatic shit going on in the world right now. Now we talked in May, right? So that kind of shows you what's been going on in my life. I have had to push a hard pause, but we were talking in May, right when the draft opinion of the Roe v. Wade um, situation came out. And of course, since then, if you're staying up to date on the news, Roe v. Wade's been overturned all hell's broken loose. Yeah. So keep that in mind as you listen to this this episode where we're talking about being very pissed off, the dark feminine rage raging within both of us. And, you know, understand the fact that it's even worse now for, for a lot of us. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. Before we get started, though, I do want to announce that my Wild Feminine Rising group coaching container is coming back, y'all. It is now a three-month program, and it is a journey to help you reconnect with your womb, your menstrual cycle, your body, and your life. It is new and improved. There are more rituals. There are more embodiment practices, and I am so excited to be welcoming 10 people into this group. CART opens August 15th. Oh, wait, that's today today, you guys. And I have a very special sale going on as well. So you'll need to go over to my Instagram at Leslie Draffin and at the Light Within Podcast to get all the details. 
And make sure you stay tuned until the end of the episode because I'll give you a little more information then as well. For now, please join me in welcoming Alyssa Lilly to the Light Within podcast back for a second time. I am so excited to speak with you again, my love. I'm so happy to be here again. I love chatting with you. Well, you already know the drill and I'm going to ask you again, even though I asked you this on episode four, but what ignites your Light Within? Oh, I don't even remember what my answer was back in episode four. But um, for me in my present moment, it's standing in my truth and authenticity. And just, I feel like as we go through life, it's this constant death and rebirth and transformation. But the one thing that keeps my flame going is stepping more into who I am and letting that fire just continue to grow. Mm, beautifully said. So yes, you were on the podcast episode four, one of my very first guests. And we talked about, I looked back at it, menstrual cycle taboos. Mm -hmm. So I would love to know, you know, what is happening in your life since we talked last time? It's been over a year and anything new? Oh my goodness. My life has completely, uh, like I said, death and rebirth, uh, transformed since then. So Let's see. Um, I had the realization that the corporate job I was working was no longer aligned with me. So I have retired. I am retired from the corporate world officially two weeks ago. And then uh, so I'm pursuing my business in, you know, being a holistic health and life coach, helping AFABs assigned female at birth get control of their menstrual cycle and get their power back and learn how to live cyclically because society doesn't tell us how. And I'm really passionate about that, which you know from our last episode. Um, And then I've also come out as non-binary, which has been a big transformation, again, stepping more into who I am and meeting a lot of realizations. Mm, Absolutely. Okay. So I'd love to talk more about this transition. How did you come to this realization? Has it been something that's you've kind of felt your whole life? Has it been something more recent? Um. The more that I'm stepping into this, the more that I'm realizing it has been a lifelong thing for me. I can't, I don't really know the right uh, terminology for it. I don't know if there is a right terminology for it, just being real. Um, But we all have that part of us in the back of our mind that knows I am a woman. You wouldn't feel right if somebody called you he. Right. I mean, they is okay, but you know deep down that she is who you are. Mm -hmm. And I always felt, and none of this defines what a woman is, by the way, but I always felt um, when I would dress up or, you know, when I was a kid, I grew up in this environment that you needed to lose weight. You need to have a certain type of body. You had to wear makeup and hoop earrings before you could leave the house. And then I also lived with another family where it was, you know, apostolic, where you can't wear makeup and you can't cut your hair and you have to wear the long skirt and all these different things. And Every time I tried to step into this womanhood and what it meant to be a woman, it never felt right. I felt like an imposter almost. And the more that I would live into that, the more disconnected I would feel. Um, recently, I've you know really tapped into feminine energy, but the term woman still wasn't resonating with me and I couldn't figure out why. And I honestly, I didn't know what non-binary was. I didn't even know it was an option because we live in a world where you are a man or you are a woman. <laughs> And I feel like I'm this in between. I love playing in my feminine energy. I love playing in my masculine energy. And I know this is so true for me when somebody uses my correct pronouns and I feel my heart and soul light up and it just feels this is right. Mm. 
I'm so happy that you are are experiencing this. And I, I love that it's also come for you who are someone who, you know, does work with people who are assigned female at birth. Now, I had not heard that term before you started talking about AFAB. So I'd love to know, has your own life experience and this new transition into claiming that term non-binary shifted the way you're coaching? Do, yes. Okay. Completely. So I started coaching and um, again, my niche or my clientele, my ideal client was a woman because I am certified in woman's health. I mean, even if you go to school right now, it's, it's female hormone health. It's not AFAB hormone health. I am coining the term AFAB because it needs to be seen more. And I realized I started having people come to me who, you know, felt comfortable and safe, but also um, lost in this world where they go to the OBGYN and they try to learn about their health and constantly being min- uh, misgendered and bombarded by all of these different things. And it, it's, it makes the process just that much more challenging to get support. And, you know, <clears throat> when we talk about coaches, menstrual coaches specifically, or cyclical living hormone health, it's very woman focused and feminine focused, which is fine. Right. But there's this of people who that doesn't resonate with and they need someone to help them. So as I started having these people come to me and also having this realization within myself, I realized this is it. Mm -hmm. This is why my niche and my business wasn't feeling quite right. And through experimentation and working with different types of clients, I realized that I have so much more medicine to give than to just women. Mm. I love this. I'm so, I'm, this is so fantastic and so fascinating because as a menstrual cycle coach myself, I have struggled with the terms I use. I like to say women and menstruators mm-hmm. and, and those who are listening on the podcast, Alyssa and I are friends. Like, so we, we, this isn't the first time I've talked to her. I've, I've known what's <laughs> going on. Uh, them. I'm sorry, them. Um, Thank you. I, it's not the first time I've talked with them about what's happening. And so I was so excited to talk with you here now. I guess my question is, is how have you seen, so you're already seeing ideal clients pop back up for you. Like, how is that going? I mean, and and when when did this shift online happen? Because it's been what, a couple of months. So So this is airing in July. So this has been a few months, right? Yeah. So I started shifting to the terminology of AFAB. Oh, I want to say it's been a little bit longer than a couple months. I don't know how long it's been now. I should know that. But so I want to say since late last year, last year, so late 2021, okay. um, because I started having people come to me again, feeling comfortable and saying, Hey, I really want the support, but I'm not a female. How can I, mm-hmm. I don't identify as female or woman. How can I get help? And so I started changing my terminology and also reflecting in myself because I had, again, no idea this existed. I mean, I knew non-binary was this term and I knew we have trans people as well, but it just never clicked in my brain. And then as I started to learn and explore this, that's when it opened up for me. So I came out as non-binary, I think in April. So it's only been a little over a month at this point. Okay. And so do you think that other menstrual cycle coaches need to broaden their terminology or do you feel like we have our own lived experience? And so you are obviously much more qualified to coach and teach people who are in the same experiences as you. Whereas 
I, I've sometimes struggled. I'm like, do I need to broaden the terms around this? Like, do I need to use menstruator? Do I need to use women? How are your feelings about that stuff? So I, I honestly go back and forth on this because I think for AFABs, we need to be more inclusive and we need to make this the same type of care more accessible. Mm-hmm. But also I understand the reservations that some people have diving into this world they know nothing about. I had the same reservations. I would just say educate yourself and do what feels best for you. Um, I definitely encourage being inclusive. I think menstruators is a great terminology. I struggled with terminology. Somebody asked me what AFAB AFAB was. And they're like, anybody with a uterus, right? Oh, wait, some people Mm -hmm. have hysterectomies. So it's not necessarily, you know, hormone health isn't just when you have a uterus. You still have hormones after it's gone. So it's just, you know, being okay when you're wrong, Mm -hmm. receiving criticism, as in a healthy way, right? When people are coming from a loving place and just being open. I know that you work in a lot of feminine energy. Mm-hmm. So being open with that, like we're going to get down and witch you with our blood <laughs> and that's okay. And we're going to adorn our period and that's okay. And the right people will be attracted to you. But I think just giving that door, mm-hmm. that option so that they can feel included and receive the support and medicine that you have, because as a menstrual coach and someone who works with this part of the body and what's happening, how are you disservicing your audience by excluding who you could give your medicine to, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head too. A lot of people are afraid to get it wrong. I've certainly Mm -hmm. been afraid of getting wrong. And honestly, in our cancel culture that we have, it's like some folks get one thing wrong and I'm sure it's not just one thing, but you get something wrong and and you worry that you're just going to be ruined. Um, because of how the internet is, right? Specifically oh how the internet is. And and so I love that you're saying, you know, taking, being okay with getting it wrong, taking the criticism when you do and moving forward. Um, and I'd love to talk about while we're on the topic of internet, I've seen <laughs> a lot of fuckers out there <laughs> being total dick bags to you in the comments and I want to fucking punch them all. How are you, how are you doing with that? I mean, it's something that I'm sure you're getting more of now. Are you getting more of now? Oh yeah. And it's so funny because I started using the term AFAB and I didn't really see the negative comments as much, but as soon as I came out as non-binary, that's when all of the negative comments came out um, of being misgendered intentionally. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Five years ago, even two years ago, this would have eaten me up and destroyed me, but I'm at a place in my life where it's like, bless and block. You're obviously not the right person for me. And, you know, thank you for boosting my content by commenting, but this, you know, it just, it doesn't resonate with me. And I know it's not coming from a place of love. So it's, it's not for me. And I'm very intentional with my social media about putting up protection and, and, and just seeing it for what it is. Mm. This person is not, not everybody's meant to like me and I'm going to be the villain in someone's story and people aren't going to agree with me. And that's fine. I live to be the villain. Yes. I live, I live <laughs> for it. Um, first of all, bless and block. I'm writing that down. That's the new motto. Um, yes. That's fast. That's fascinating. So I will say I have had to be very careful though, because um, I used to respond with videos, like calling people mm-hmm. out on their negative shit and um, I had somebody mass report a bunch of my videos and I had stuff taken down. Oh, my God. They were mass reporting. And then I'm the bully. Sure. Right. So um, I would just say for anybody, if anybody listening is struggling with things like this, bless and block is the way to go. Mm. If you have a funny quip back, just be prepared yeah. that people can 
can come at you, unfortunately. Mm, yeah, I was in a comment battle with some dude on a uh, post. A friend of mine has um, her. She's actually um, was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, uh, Alex, and it was some. Oh, she had like remixed a, a post where this man was like explaining how his stepdaughter had called and said that she wasn't feeling super motivated to go to the gym because she had her period. And he, I don't know if he's a trainer, but he basically was like shaming her and saying that, well, that's just your own beliefs that you don't have the energy to work out. Like your mom doesn't do that. Your mom kills it at the gym during her period. And it was just so annoying. And I commented something like, if you don't have a uterus, you don't get a say with a bunch of claps in between. And somebody who is anonymous, like, of course they are, was Uh like so fucking in his feelings about not getting a say because he didn't have a uterus. And it was just wild. And I was texting her and like, little does this man know that I am an inner fall and I don't have anything but time to be the biggest bitch to you, like in the smartest of ways. Cause I was like, I didn't cuss at him. I used his own words. I was like, you know, listen, the inner fall where the wild woman comes out. mm -mm. That's when you don't cross a bitch or a witch Mm -hmm. (laughs) either way. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. And it does, it gives you the opportunity because some people, their knee jerk reaction is, um, defensiveness and anger, mm-hmm. right? Because they're triggered. That's a, That's their own shadow. People get fucking triggered. And um, we get the opportunity to give them the option to move past that trigger by educating them. Mm-hmm. Even if we come at them strong, it's still an educating moment. I mean, I've had that on my social media where somebody's come at me and then I explained to them, no, the health culture right now is built on the 24 hour hormone cycle. And that does not work for AFABs. Mm -hmm. That does not work for women. And this is why I promote this in my social media, because there is actual science to back it up. Mm. And then they're like, Oh, Oh, okay. I understand where you're coming from now. And they kind of take that step back. Like, Oh, she knows what the fuck she's talking about. Or they know what the fuck they're talking about. See, I even get it fucking wrong sometimes. And then I feel my body cringe (laughs) because this is a transition for me too. (laughs) How has your family dealt with this? Oh, my. <laughs> um, well, my husband has been the most amazing partner. Mm. Um, and I love that he automatically has worked to transition um, how he refers to me. And I remember when I came out to him, I was in tears because I, I was afraid he wasn't going to love me anymore. Like, think about it. Are you straight anymore? If you're married to a non-binary person, like what does that mean for him too? And, and I was worried what feelings were going to come up. And his response was, you're not changing who you are. You are stepping more into who you already were, who you already are. And it was such a relief. Um, so internally in my home, it has been amazing. I mean, like I said, I still have moments where we have coined phrases, I can't even remember, like, give a girl a hint or something like that. I can't remember the exact phrase I said. I remember saying it. It felt so gross coming out of my mouth. And Sean looked at me like, oh, yeah, I just misgendered myself. It's fine. <laughs> um, but as far as my family, um, you know, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have a family, my biological family, myself that I speak with. And then I have my husband's family, which has is completely my family. And I feel nothing but love from them. But I will say as I've come out and, you know, made my post and let everybody know, I have gotten a lot of support from people, but I've noticed that there's also a lot of people who aren't saying anything. 
Um, and I've also, you know, heard that there are some people talking about how I'm going crazy on my mm. husband within my family, but nobody's talked to me directly. So I'm just hearing secondhand information and just really trying not to let it get to me and just show people that this is who I am mm -hmm. and it makes me happy. And either you can get on board or you're not in my life. Yeah, absolutely. Now I know you also do a lot of work with trauma mm -hmm. and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I imagine that going through something like you're going through now and for other people with this experience as well, that can probably be pretty tra traumatic. Absolutely. Um, a thousand percent. I constantly have this fear of imposter syndrome that comes up anytime that I, you know, somebody misgenders me and I correct them. Like I've been a woman, quote unquote, uh, for 30 years. Do I really need to come out now? And I have, it, it almost feels like this attack when you know, I go to the grocery store and somebody says, ma'am, mm. and I have that hesitation of, do I correct them? Mm. Do I not correct them? Is it worth it? And yes, it is worth it. I am allowed to step in my truth and respect, re respectfully correct people. And um, I know that I am very fortunate to be surrounded by such an amazing support system. Even, even if I feel a little bit of resistance within my family, I know that they love me and do their best to accept me and meet me where I'm at. But there are people who are going through this who have no support. Mm -hmm. There are kids going through this who get kicked out of their homes. Like trauma is different for anyone. Trauma is literally anything that leaves a residual effect, mm -hmm. right? Anything that is affecting your actions as you move forward. So it could be something as small as the comment that you heard when you were a kid of you need to run a few extra laps and lose some weight. Like that's something that I was told as a kid that still resonates. And like, it comes up and I'm like, I hear the voice mm -hmm. and I put a name to it and say that, you know, that was my mom. Mm -hmm. That's not me and move on. But that's different ways that trauma can impact your relationships with yourself and with other people. Mm. Yeah. I have those voices, so many voices of things. Mm -hmm. And so I'd love to talk about trauma more extensively now. So let's start though with what you kind of just mentioned, the little things. Like I think we all kind of know there are massive traumas that can happen in someone's life. Mm -hmm. And when I look back at mine, I, I kind of feel like I don't really, I didn't have a lot of the ones that, that people really, really, really um, claim as these big, big traumas. But the little ones that you were just talking about, the things that leave this residual impact are many, many, many. I mean, and, mm -hmm. and someone who's been in the public eye, like I have being on TV, there's like people of all, all kinds of shit get said. So let's first talk about how to deal with some of the more soft traumas, like the things like, oh, you need to run a couple extra miles. Um, yeah. Body image. Yeah, juice, body image. Food. Yeah. Like, there's all kinds. Oh, my ex-husband used to like love, like laughingly call me like SpongeBob Square ass. Oh, God. And, that, and he's my ex-husband um, <laughs> for, for more reasons than that. But it's like the little things, right? So how would you know that those things are impacting you? Um, are there ways that they may show up? If, if you're just becoming conscious of the way that these stories and beliefs have, have been pervasive through your whole life, um, what might you notice now in like your body or in your mind that may show you, hey, I have some work to do around some trauma. So there's there's a lot to unpack in this question. Um, <laughs> so I want to circle to the first point where we are, you know, saying little trauma and big trauma. Okay. 
go. Okay. It's just trauma. Okay. It's just trauma. Um, and I think we all get caught up in my trauma isn't big enough to matter. And I hate that. Fuck yeah. It's not true. No matter if it feels like the littlest, tiniest thing, and you know other people are out there getting raped and beaten and it doesn't, it doesn't deserve to be seen. No, it does deserve to be seen. It is trauma. It is valid. Any emotions you have coming up are valid. And I think um the part of healing trauma is really deconstructing all of these ideas and lenses that you've created to view yourself and the people around you. You get to deconstruct that and figure out who you are or who you were before this trauma came into your life and how can you step more into that person. And this isn't to eliminate the trauma um, because unfortunately, trauma doesn't just disappear, right? It's all about learning how to navigate it so that the next time that you're triggered or something comes up, you see it, you're aware of it, and you can move on and move through it and navigate it versus letting it consume you and control the relationships that you're having with yourself and with those around you. Okay. I love that you said that because I have felt in my past, I'm like, well, nothing really terrible ever happened to me, but there were some really shitty things like an STD from the first time I ever had sex. Um, and an ex-husband who cheated on me with a friend I knew and had a baby behind my back. That's huge. So it's yes. like, so I love that you're saying, okay, there's no such thing as, as little and big or soft and hard trauma. Okay. So now we know what are the tools that you kind of give people to work on to help them figure out how to navigate? So I have the beautiful and courageous you method that I've created. Um, This is created from my personal experience of overcoming trauma. I've had a lot, a a lot of trauma in my past. (laughs) Let's be real. We have all had a lot of trauma in our past, but anyways, so in my own journey of navigating through some of my traumas and stepping into who I am, but also from coaching techniques and tools that I've learned on the way. Um, And I like to call them self-healing techniques because I'm not a therapist. I, I am not, I don't have a degree but I do have certifications. I've learned coaching techniques and I've learned different strategies that you can implement in your life to help you navigate and self-cope and self-regulate your emotions. And it's really all, especially for AFABs, it's all tied to our womb space, all tied to our cycle, which is why I also do hormone health. So it's all Mm. our body and our emotions and our trauma are all intertwined. So for the beautiful and courageous you method, it's really broken down into seven steps. You know, first step being awareness, what is happening what is the trauma? What are the triggers? You know, being aware of your reactions and where they come from, um, building trust with yourself. You are the best healer for yourself. You know your body, you know your mind, you know your emotions better than anyone else. We have all of these thoughts that come up of, am I supposed to be feeling this way? Am I doing this right? You are. And so it's really about building that self-trust. Um, creating a safe space. This is a big one. This is step three, where you dive into creating boundaries with yourself, creating boundaries with those around you, and also creating a space for you to go to and different techniques and strategies to remind your mind and remind your body that you're safe. Um, 
we have connecting to your body, connecting to your inner child, self-forgiveness and release, and then taking the time to learn what thriving looks like for you and what you want your life to be and what you want to cultivate. Mm. And I love that you said, you know, you're not a therapist. You have, mm-hmm. you have these certifications. Um, and, and it's interesting because as I do this work and as I write these courses and, and go through all of these things, I also sometimes feel like the imposter syndrome pops up. Like, am I qualified to talk about the things I'm talking about? And your Mm -hmm. own experience with trauma, I'm sure makes you supremely qualified to speak on these things. Would you care to share any of those things that kind of make you understand where people are coming from maybe more than, than the next person? In what way? Well, I mean, you kind of mentioned your own uh, history with trauma. What healing have you had to do in your own life that kind of helped (laughs) you create Beautiful and Courageous You? Um, Yes. Those kind of things. I mean, is it therapy that's helped you? Is it somatic healing techniques, breathwork meditation? Oh, man, it has been a journey. So um, I have struggled. You know, I moved out on my own when I was 16. I was bounced in and out of foster homes. You know, in my childhood, I experienced physical, mental, and sexual abuse. Um, as I entered adulthood, carrying all that baggage, I then struggled with drug addiction and self-harm addiction and trying to climb out of this really dark fucking hole. Um, and you know, I am not bashing therapy here, but I know that with myself and, you know, feedback I've gotten from my clients that therapy is good, but it's almost like it only touches the surface and it doesn't actually get to where people need to go. And that's because that work comes from within yourself. So um, when I talk about being qualified, it's, it's, you know, learning these different techniques. You know, I'm a Reiki practitioner. I learned how to do energy healing to move this energy through your body and how to not only use it for myself, how to share this energy healing with others and practices where you can implement this energy healing for yourself mm-hmm. that you can take home. You know, my, my program is, has pre-recorded content. So you can go back and watch the videos and, and heal yourself. There's breath work techniques. There's, you know, different strategies you do learn in, in therapy, like box breathing and, um, tapping techniques um, called EFT. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of different ways. And, and I the way that I built my program is I wanted to have as many different tools as possible for you to have in your tool belt so that when you are triggered or when you're having these really dark moments where you're cr- crawling out of these dark holes, that you have an abundance of things to go to and try because not everything's going to work for you. And what works for you will change as you change. Mm. Right. So you need to know what tools you have and trust yourself when you feel the need to use them. Mm. And you've said just there, trust yourself. And you said earlier that you're your own best healer. It's so interesting and also annoying to me that I feel almost there's like a gatekeeping aspect of healing yourself. So especially if someone, if you've been in therapy, I have had a buttload of therapists, Mm -hmm. but it's only been in the past couple of years that I have discovered these other things that you're talking about, EFT and breathwork and meditation and embodiment and sounding and all of these things. I'm like, why were those not the first fucking things people talked about? But I also am smart enough to realize that there is a major divide between Western medicine, which I feel like therapy falls under, um, and more Eastern techniques and more, you know, yogic techniques, esoteric techniques, spiritual techniques. And so it doesn't surprise me 
that we're not being taught these things after we spend thousands of dollars in therapy, but it makes me pissed off. Yeah. And it's also, yeah. And it also frustrates me so much that there's, and I think it's changing, but there are all of these beliefs around what we're talking about being like snake oil salesman shit, right? Like shit that doesn't fucking quote unquote work, especially coming from those in the medical side. Now I have been fortunate enough to have great therapists, but again, like they're not talking to me about tapping (laughs) (laughs) or, or, you know, like getting out and doing a full on fucking rage ritual, mm-hmm. which is super yeah, <laughs> which I'm obsessed with. So, I mean, it, yeah. What do you think needs to be done to kind of keep pushing what we're doing more out into the world so that people understand if therapy isn't working for you, like, babe, we get it. And there are other things that maybe you should try. Honestly, I think it just keeps showing up. Um, I think this is deeply rooted in the divide that you're saying between Western and Eastern medicine and techniques. But I also think it's a divide in religion because so many of these techniques are tied that people feel like they're tied to religion and they're not. It's all psychology. Can you tie it to religion and spirituality? Absolutely. But you don't have to. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the other piece of that is as AFABs or as women, um, there's this, he- we heal differently. We feel differently. We're not taught to ask our wound questions or to move emotions through our body. And while that is important for AMABs as well, this is how our core functions. And we're not taught how because we live in a society where our freaking OBGYN system is barbaric and was built off of this uh, this this man who was doing um, experiments, terrible experiments Mm -hmm. to African-American women. And this is why we don't see anesthesia and all these different things. This is just one example. And there has not been any change. Mm. And why is that? Because we live in a patriarchal fucking society that doesn't see that we work different. So, you know, any AFABs out there listening, if you're wondering why the therapy is not working and you're wondering why, you know, the diet and the exercise and every time you go to the doctor, they tell you to lose weight. It's because the, the, the system is designed against us. Unfortunately, that's the reality that we live in. And the more that we speak out and show the truth and share what is working for us, the more that we're giving others permission to heal and share and do the same. God, whenever I love it. When you fucking said the gynecologist, my lit, my cervix literally like shot a jolt of like pain. Like I have had the IUD put in twice. I've had coposcopies. They are never numb in your fucking cervix. No. Ouch. She's pissed. Ow. Like, and I'm about to have my period. So she's just like, ow. Um, okay. So I love this conversation. It has gone so many different places. Um, and yeah, I'm pissed too about all the things happening right now. We're recording this in May. Who knows what will happen by the time this airs with things like Roe v. Wade and reproductive health rights. God. Um, but I love- it's the fucking dark feminine rage right now. That yes. is that is the energy we are in. Absolutely. So you said earlier, you know, you have to learn to navigate through the trauma. Do you think that we can ever be fully healed if the trauma is kind of already going to always going to be around? So I 
I feel like we have this idea that healing and and, and the way that I phrase it, thriving Mm -hmm. is this destination that you land to and it's not thriving and being quote unquote healed is a state of being Mm. right so your past happened it is real and it's never going to go away it happened Mm. it exists but how you choose to live your life and respond to that that's where it's at Mm -hmm. you can either continue the cycle which is where you continue the trauma and continue to let it impact how you interact with yourself and others. And will it still pop up? Yes. But the healing and the reaching that thriving state of being is learning how to navigate it, how to change your response, how to break that cycle from continuing to happen. So will you ever get rid of it forever? No, that's un- an unpopular opinion here. It's, it's not. Um, but it becomes quiet. Um, I used to have an, an example for my personal life. I used to have night terrors every night. I would, um, you know, some of the partners that I had been with in my past, I, I punched one in, in their sleep I did, or in my sleep and didn't even realize that's what was happening. I couldn't have sex because it was such, I would break down in tears and it would be such a traumatic experience for me. And now I have two kids. If that doesn't say enough, <laughs> I love sex. <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, I also am able to sleep soundly. Do I still have night terrors come up? Yes. How often? Maybe once or twice a year, mm-hmm. which is a huge improvement from every day and just being a real life thing for me. So again, it's reaching that state of being and constantly prioritizing yourself and your response over the trauma. Mm. What else do you want to share that I haven't asked you about um, before we wrap up? Oh, I I feel like we covered, there's so many different (laughs) ways I could go. Um, I don't think there's anything else super pertinent other than just Anybody who is, you know, stuck in these trauma cycles and uh, feels like there's no light at the end of the tunnel, don't focus on the end goal. Um, Focus on what is working for you in this moment. Focus on how you can help yourself navigate. And above all else, give yourself some compassion Um, I feel like as we heal from trauma, I just posted this on my social media today, but as we heal through trauma and we give our body this chance to exit out of survival mode, we have all of these emotions surface when we heal that we don't talk about because we feel like, oh, we're healing. It should be all good, right? No, your body's going to get sick because you will, you know, the cortisol levels go down and you'll get DHEA um, rising, which then your body will be like, okay, it's time to heal. So you're going to get sick. You're going to have these emotions of loneliness coming up, these emotions of (sighs) grief and anger, grieving the, you know, care that you didn't get in the life that you deserve, but also the anger that people didn't treat you in the way you deserved. And, you know, as a mother, this was a big thing that came up for me was, you know, I'm loving this child and I have this baby in my arms, but I'm so pissed that I didn't get this. And it's easy to invalidate your emotions. So just know your emotions, all of them are valid and there's no wrong way to feel them. How can people work with you and connect with you? 
Um, if you remember that you're beautiful and courageous, you can find me. So my website, beautifulandcourageous.com. I'm also on Instagram and TikTok. Um, and I, uh, like I said, I have my website. So just, you know, don't hesitate to DM me, reach out, find me on social media. I'm always happy to chat and uh, I always have some different offerings coming up. So awesome. Alyssa, thank you so much for spending some time with me. Yes. Thank you for having me. I really always enjoy our conversations. Mm, me too. Uh, So thank you again to Alyssa for coming on the podcast. Once again, I will put all the links to their freebie, their website, social media in the show notes. Again, like I spoke about in the beginning of the episode, and thank you so much for staying tuned to the very, very end. I have a special offer for anyone who is looking to join my Wild Feminine Rising group coaching container the next three days. Now, this is only going to be a sale August 15th, 16th, and 17th, but baby, you can get 50% off the entire group coaching container. All you need to do is use the code, the light within, and you will get the group coaching container for $555. It's usually $997. So that's about 50% off. Eh, Don't hate me if I got the math slightly off, but $555 is what you would pay if you want to join just the next three days, guys. That is all the time for this sale. So I'm so excited to see you in Wild Feminine Rising. I am so excited to be back for this second half of season two of the podcast. I'm sorry I was gone so long, my loves, but uh, I'm back and I'm feeling great and I have some amazing guests coming up for you. So as always, remember, there's no light without darkness, but there is no darkness without light. And I'll see you next time.